Blog Talk Radio. Jay, you right. were telling me about how you're astonished by this guy's tone. 
Yeah, because it's kind of hard. In the playing trombone, you have to actually slide to the notes. You can't, like on a trumpet, you can, you have valves, and, and some trombones have valves too. But, you know, just most of the time you have to slide to your notes. So it's very hard to maintain a good tone when you're sliding the notes like that. So I was very impressed with this young kid because it, made, it, it sounded like he had all valves, and he just was hitting the notes just dead on, you know, not flat, not sharp. The tone was like a you know older a older professional musician, and so I was very impressed. I can see why he won that award. He won the national award, you know, because of his his how he practices and how he maintains his tone and how he slides to his notes and how he reads music. So he's only like 15 now. So I you know I, you know the world is the, he has the world in front of him. Peter Moore has the world in front Absolutely. of him. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> I like to say also, um, um, this this little kid, um, I think that he would be a great band leader, and uh, for time for for time to come, because uh, just the way he reads music, and uh, I just figured he'll be a great band leader, and the world should watch out for him. Should really watch out for him. So, for you out there, get a chance, definitely check out this little kid, Peter Moore. He's astounding, great, and I'm very impressed. Up. Absolutely, Jay. Thank you for finding this wonderful person. And as always, as you mentioned, it's on the um, Parents Kids Music Facebook page. You can take a look at them. I know we have our new website, which is coming up very soon. But in the meantime, you can look at the Facebook page. Yeah, so, Jay, what else has been going on, like, in our musical world, like, in the last, like, two weeks since I've met, since we've last met on this Internet radio program? Back way back in the winter and back in February, like I know, like we well, had, yeah. like for example, we had the we had the Oscars this Sunday, for example. We have all yeah, these how, good things happening. Tell me, uh, you know, how was the Oscars? I'm curious to know. I didn't get a chance to view it all way. What did you think about that? I thought it was it was just it was just interesting. It's like I know we're talking on a right now where the Oscars is a television. The Academy Award essentially is a television program celebrating film, which are two of what is sometimes called old media, where it's something where it's it's not like this radio show here, Parents Kids Music, where we can control it, where we can, where the fact is that we decided that once a week we're going to talk for an hour about about what we do. It's it was a weird, fascinating thing, like that they chose to. Um, they chose two actors to be the hosts of the show rather than a comedian. And the fact is, just like the way that the film industry has gone, it became just completely predictable. Like, there was always a dark horse chance. You had the movie The Social Network, which I personally liked, which was nominated for a lot of awards. But even that, was it was a film about a website. But in some ways, it wasn't, like, the most exciting thing because I know there have been years where it's like, wow, this is the greatest thing that's happened, or, wow, I really love this movie and it deserves all these awards. I didn't get that this year. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow. So the, so do you say the future is is it bright or is it dim for? I've, it's for not that it's dim. It's just that it's that it's change. It's just like how American Idol has been has been like the most popular tele, primetime television program in the United States almost since it premiered because of the changing trends of people. I mean, people watch TV on Hulu. People watch movies on Netflix. And it's not even getting a DVD anywhere. Buying DVDs, just being able to just turn on their computer Go to a website and just pick a movie or TV show and even, like, plug it into the computer or using a device like an Apple TV or a or a Roku box or a Boxy box that it's just very much instant. And it's just, what is that water cooler television? Those are the issues. And that is where it is, Jay. Wow. But, yes, it's like... I got some juicy, but it's juicy. Abuse. I got some juicy information. Was that Jay? One of our, I, got some, I got some juicy information. Oh, tell me. Um, one of our child child stars, Christina Aguilar, was uh, kind of popped for intoxication, public intoxication this week. 
and she's, uh, she was arrested with her boyfriend, uh, Matthew Rutler. Um, I guess the police noticed that he was uh, driving intoxicated and driving erratically around at 3 o'clock in the morning, so they pulled over their, their vehicle. And then uh, they found out that he was drunk, and Lord knows, and they, they checked out Christina, and she was extremely intoxicated. So they took them both in. Interesting. Child stars. I, it's just weird, just like just how like the media just really just goes with these people, and that's where it happens. Like I, I, yeah. I, 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 I hope I hope that she recovers and drinks water and and is better and gets out and gets to live a healthy life and just continue to make music and introducing music to her own children. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep, so, yep, so Jay, we got our first, you know, we got our first guest ready. So any final okay. thoughts on, on our wonderful friend? Uh, my final thoughts is don't drive intoxicated, and that's all I have to say today on that. Excellent, Jay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, and and you're on. Charlie, is that you? It is. How are you, Ian? I'm great. How are you, Han? I'm, and this, and and Charlie meet Jay. Jay meet Charlie. Hi, Hi Charlie. <laughs> nice to meet you. I feel like that this is like an episode of Charlie's Angels, and you and I'm talking to you, and you're in charge. So I think we're gonna have a great show, Charlie. With you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. Or, or, or you can go into the, or you can always go into the musical edge and Charlie Page of Pace from Lost. Oh, exactly. That's true. People also say Charlie Baltimore, who was a hip hop artist a few years ago, who has disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But this, but this Charlie is very present and on our internet radio airwaves right now. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so I know. I know we were we were tweeting before the show, and you had some. So, like, my my question is like, like, what is what has been your experience? With music growing up as a child, as an adult, um, wherever you want to start or finish. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> well, for me, <laughs> well, ironically, you know what? I, I any people who have had you know family members who were musicians growing up and that type of thing, I didn't have any of that. You know, but my family loved music, and it was you know, I grew up a lot around a lot of um, jazz and. Uh, Disco, good and bad, uh, um, you know, rock. Um, it's been a mixture, but a lot of jazz, R&B, kind of disco, house music, reggae, definitely reggae. Um, I, I was kind of, you know, because I was I was raised in so many different areas. I, I was lucky enough to be exposed to a lot of different music, so I didn't. I never had kind of. Uh, sort of kind of an affinity for just one type of music. I think it's made me a well-rounded person. I know what songs that I go to when I need to feel better. I know what musicians can kind of lift me instantly out of a funk. You know what I mean? And, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, you know, you, you listen to the music at barbecues. It's always a big thing. You turn on the music and grandma gets up and starts dancing and you kind of have those memories you know, she she loved Ruth Brown. You know, she would get up and start dancing to Ruth Brown and snatch me up with her. So you'd have those memories. And so those songs, I think, um, when you hear them again as an adult, it just touches on those memories. And it's nice. It, I think it helps me get through life, that's for sure. I'd be a def- very different person if it were not for the music I, <laughs> I was exposed to growing up. I might be Robin Banks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, that's kind of you know the greats, the ones who I I don't know. I everyone thinks that their generation that they were raised up on as kids with music is the best, but I honestly think I don't know. You know, I I had the the Motown greats, I had the reggae greats, Bob Marley and those you know Peter Tosh and those guys. I mean that that was my you know the jazz greats were still pumping out you know Dizzy Gillespie and those guys were still pumping out great music when I was. A kid, so yeah, it's it's a little kind of sad because I look at the music today, and it's I'm not saying it's horrible, but we all know it's, it's just it all seems so derivative of 
all of those greats. You know, it doesn't seem as if there's a lot of originality that's coming out of music today, but maybe I'm biased. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Perhaps. Um... Ian? <laughs> yes. Don't you leave me hanging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want. I want to know. Do do you come from a your family? Are they musically inclined? Do we play any um, any instruments? Um, well, that's just it. I mean, no. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I God, let me think. Um, my media family? Nope. I tell you what, though. <laughs> I mean, my. You know, yeah, no, I envy people who are like, oh, my dad was a musician, my mom sang back up to this. I, I've always envied those people because, you know, but I don't have that in my family. I mean, the closest we came, that you know, having musicians in the family, it was like distant relations to like Rick James. I don't know what the hell that is, but it is what it is. <laughs> it wasn't anything. Ah! We didn't have, yeah, yeah. And, and Roy Ayers, I remember Roy Ayers being mentioned a lot in the house, everybody, you know. Any boys in town? I mean, but other than that, no. It's odd, I think. And this show has actually just made me very aware of it. Um, so I hope you don't like hang up right now. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, kids of your own that that um, might enjoy what you enjoy? Do I have any what? I'm sorry. So, do you have any children? Oh. Uh, no, no, which is what I, I DM'd you, Ian. I told you I have no kids. Um, <laughs> what, about, what about nephews and nieces? You, you know, nephews and nieces, they count too. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah. They count. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have, I'm an only child, so I don't have like nephews and, and nieces per se. Oh, but I will say this. I was also raised in church, in the Pentecostal church on top of that. So, um you know, for a long time as a kid, I also listened to, even growing up, to a lot of gospel music. And I'm talking Shirley Caesar and, the, you know, you know the Wayans family, you know, like the old school gospel. And, and as kids, I mean, the closest I could say we came to being musicians is we actually played in the church and sang in the church choir and played in the band. You know, my I called them my brothers and sisters because I was raised with them. But um, that was a big influence, too. But, yeah, um I don't really have a lot of nieces and nephews. Wow. But the ones, my little cousins, you know, I, I tried to kind of expose them to music by taking them to musical events. Um, I've actually taken them to the jazz club. I've, I've taken, like, a niece and a nephew to the Blue Note to go listen to some mod music. I mean, this was years and years ago, but, yeah. Um, Hmm. So what do you see? What, what do you see? Like, where do you see the music industry going for youth? You you mentioned earlier that it's a shame that the music is not as creative as it used to be. What what do you have any ideas how we solve this dilemma to make the youth? You know, you know that's a very very great point, and it actually comes on the heels of an event that we just did. You know, I'm the founder of Surfresh Media. And um, we cover, we, we provide social media coverage for, for large-scale events like conferences and concerts. And we just did the Digital Music Forum East last week, which is put on by Digital Media Wire, which is huge, digitalmediawire.com. And so Digital Media Forum, Digital Music Forum is in its 11th year. And this wow. year, I mean, of course, they had the, yeah, yeah, it's huge. And they had the biggest, you know, kind of the most respected thought leaders in music from record companies to, you know, um, music, digital music startups, you know, to, you know, digital music companies like Pandora, the heads of these companies were all there, and we interviewed them. And we have all these interviews online that we just posted um, a few days ago. But it's it's kind of dire. I hate to say it. I mean, it's it's dire, but there's always a little bit of hope there, right? So a lot of what was being said about music at this conference, and there were some knockdown, drag-out fights on the stage, you know, um, is that, Unfortunately, I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, this is, and we're creative, you know, we're, we're creative, and, and there's always going to be that kind of, it's the, the problem is in getting that music heard, right? Okay. Because there used to be a time when you had the record, the, the recording industry as a, as a you know, tr- you know, to trumpet the, the, and to find the talent, but, but they aren't in the position to do that anymore um, because they're not making money off of it, because they can't really, monetize it the way they used to. Um, CDs aren't as strong as they used to be, although they do still represent 40, something like I think 47% of the, of the market, or if not more. But 
it's it's not that we're not creating. I think I, I I'll correct myself from earlier. We're constantly creating, and there's great bands out there. Um, they just they just finding you have to find that niche. You know, there's so many little niches now. It's it's not about R and B and rock, and it, you know, it's about little subsets in these groups that your children can go online and find, which is great. I think that's great. I mean, that they can go online and find these little pockets of music that appeals to them. They may not sell a million copies or, to, or, or hundreds of millions or whatever, but it, it, it's a unique sound from a small band, and it's good music, you know. So that's that's a lot of what was discussed, and that's what they were saying about the Grammys. The Grammys, apparently, they're saying, you know, it was, is, is giving, actually gave indie music a big voice this year by acknowledging indie artists in a way that they hadn't before. Yay, right? That's I, I think that's healthy for kids. What do you guys think? I think kids need to know that there are alternatives to the Lady Gaga's. I mean, I like her, but there's alternatives out there. And um, I mean, there's there's a lot more than the mass media, and and clearly, it's like just as I was mentioning, as being on this show, which is an internet radio show, which which we use a service called Bot Talk Radio, which anyone can sign up and start their own show like this one that. That that's not just that it's not just not just the mass media. I mean, and the fact that it's dying that it's really even like television as I was mentioning has moved to the internet where it's only really like big events or things which you must watch live, like sports or perhaps American Idol are right. are there live and it's like the same thing with radio and where radio mm-hmm. like like I was like a few years ago, for example, I was just right here in New York when when the radio station K-Rock switched from a rock station to a top 40 station, although I can say that as on a personal taste, I didn't like it, but on a business standpoint for CBS, it was the right move because there is wow. just an abundance of not just music, but so much art and creativity out there, and it's just a matter of it's, it's out there for you. It is. Oh, well, you know, here's some interesting statistics that actually came out of the conference last week. Um, three artists, Eminem, Lady Gaga, and Justin Bieber, um, all have this one thing in common among many, I'm sure, but they all combined have had three billion views on Twitter. Literally. I'm not on Twitter, I'm sorry, on YouTube. Three billion. Not million, billion. not 300 million. Billion. Combined. Combined. Um, yeah, and so they were discussing YouTube as being the new radio. This one one Justin Bieber video had um, half a billion hits. Literally, wow. you know, like, like close to half a billion hits. Yeah, it, it was insane. Yeah, that's insane. That's astronomical, even for even for um, YouTube. <laughs> um, but the things that they can make about them. Mm-hmm. I know a company that, that they haven't even sold that many cheeseburgers, but I don't want to say their name. But that's a <laughs> that's incredible. But but kids are finding the music, right? Because clearly those Justin Bieber videos that are being watched and and it, uh, are being watched by kids. I mean, they have made him iconic um, in a way that maybe we couldn't even years ago. You know, when we were kids, um, you know. I don't know. I mean, wh- where are kids going to find their music now? Maybe you can tell me because I don't. I don't. Well, most like, of the time, I don't know. I, I, it used to be radio, right? It used to be radio. Now, where is it? Well, my daughter, her school is peer peer pressure. They all get together now. They have a little social kid media network, and they get together and tell ah. each other, "You guys, it's not cool if you don't see this, if you don't see that." And then my daughter comes right. home, Charlie. She says, "Daddy, I want to see this." And, you know, like, even Justin Bieber's thing, at first she was like, I'm not going to go see that. But then she went to school and she came back, like, this week from last week. Now I want to see Justin Bieber. But I thought she said that she didn't want to see it because it was too, it's a babyish. But now all of a sudden she wants to see it because the kids at school, they push, they push the needle. They push the gas in it. So that's what's going on. Absolutely. Wow. That's just, the, it's like the distribution. I mean, YouTube's out there. Everything's on YouTube. It's just a matter of. What's going to drive people to a particular video or a particular show? Mm-hmm. Like what's going to drive people to this show, for example? Right. It's more about a lot of it is just being able to filter just all of like the the billions and billions of 
hours of content out there being created like on a regular basis. Wow. Well, can I ask you a question? What yeah. I mean, do you find that, and this is from a person's point of view who who doesn't have children, so I'm asking you guys, you're both fathers, right? I, I'm not. Oh, okay, okay. I'm one. <laughs> but, but I have okay. a father. Okay. Oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> no, no so, I, I have a father. I'm not a father. You have a father. Okay, okay, that's yeah. what qualifies you. Okay. So do you have, I mean, do you find that today the, the, the music that kids are, the most po- popular music that kids are drawn to is, is, Fairly tame, and and I think uh, it's fairly tame, meaning it's not, you know, there was a time like hip-hop, you know, it was so raunchy, and that's what everyone was worried about with the kids. And then, you know, 30 years ago it was rock, you know, metal rock and heavy rock, and, you know, don't let your kids listen to that. I mean, is there any concern these days anymore even about, you know, a, a particular genre of music that's considered to be, volatile, you know, too violent, too anything. I mean, it seems like the music has got, gotten tamer, which is good for the kids, a little more um, all-empowering. In, you know, you've got this, this Willow Smith and, you know, Lady Gaga is, is pretty empowering. I mean, if you may not, may, may not like her, but it seems like Justin Bieber, you know, it seems like it's it, we swayed from the whole, you know, rebel kind of like, you know, badass, Excuse pardon my French, but you know, to the whole empowering in music and I don't know. That's what do you think? I well, mean, are you seeing that or? Well, I'm I'm saying that there's still rules and there's still there's still a guard there, a gatekeeper, gatekeeper's still there, but right. the toleration is different now. Where parents, they kind of you know, it's there. Don't let your kid listen to it. That'll be terrible. But just I think they're aware of it, but they kind of kind of mm-hmm. push it to the side. It's kind of push it. Mm. Even in the movies, you know, kids sneak in different movies. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, with some kids going to the movies the other day, and I was taking my daughter right. to see uh, Romeo and Juliet, okay? Well, these kids, they jump, they <laughs> want to go see Romeo you know, and I Juliet? Mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a different story, but it's just totally <laughs> different. But anyway, these kids, they wanted to go see the mechanics. So the kids were the same size as my daughter. My daughter's like 10. And I'm like, how are you going to go see the mechanics? They, those guys snuck into the mechanics, which they shouldn't have. But kids now right. are older and they think older. So that's mm. what's going on. The kids are growing up faster, and uh, we still need to right. do something about that. I'm totally against that. But, uh, you know, we need to have more parental <laughs> guidelines and rules. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's tolerable, but those the gatekeeper is still there, and it's up to the parents to make sure that their kids are not sneaking in to see the mechanic when they're 10 years old. You know, go to the movies with your kids. Go to events with your kids. <laughs> so that's my answer. Fantastic. Charlie. That's a great answer. That's I think that's the best one we're going to get. But for this, it's hard. I don't know how you parents do it. I take my hat off to you. Well, they, wow. they don't share. They don't. They, they don't go. With, they don't go to them with events and take them places. You know, the parents just give them the money and let them roam. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's well, when, when I was a kid. I had to hold my mom's hand. It wasn't embarrassing. Like you know, my, you know, I was like hold my hand, Junior. And you know, I had to hold my hand, my mom's hand. <laughs> These days, you know, the kids say, "How dare you?" I have to hold my dad's hand. Oh, you know they. Yeah, yeah, like they don't want to be seen in the same neighborhood with you. (laughs) Exactly. That's what's going on. But the kids and the parents should go and have fun with their kids. That's what this show is about, parents interacting with their kids or their loved ones or children or whoever. So the kids will know what's right or wrong. You know, they know they're supposed to be the mechanic. Right. That's it. Absolutely. All right, Charlie, we have our next. Yes, so we get to, so we get to um, move on. Thank you so much for joining us. And even even though you're just, not, you don't have kids yourself, but we're, we're glad you. that you joined us. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you for Thank having you so me. Much. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot, <laughs> lot of fun. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. All right, Sean, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello? Ian here and, and, hello, Sean. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I am in a Starbucks store. It's a little noisy. I apologize. Um, so, so. You know, it, it sounds fine. I'll have a um, double um, tall um, cappuccino. Thanks. I have Jay Logan here in California also. Um, so um, Jay meets Sean. Sean meets Jay. 
Hey, Sean, I make that too. I'll make one. Hi, Sean, but I make that too. I have one too. So uh, when you order, you okay. can order me one. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Yes, yes, Sean. Um, so you were saying a little bit um before you got on. We're really we're talking about the relationships of that people have with their parents and kids when it comes to music. Like, what is your background when it comes to music growing up, leading up to the adult you are today? You know, when I got the, when, when we when you tweeted me on the on the topic and I saw some of what you were thinking of doing and listened to some of your early podcasts, I got to thinking about it. Um, and it, it, it's interesting. Um, if you would ask me straight out without giving it any thought, I would have said that my relationship to music has nothing to do with my parents. But being asked to kind of reflect on it, I'm, my opinion has changed slightly. Um, I, I, these days, I'm a large fan of Irish music, and I get that directly from my mother. Every Saturday, every Sunday, as as we clean the house, my mother listens to the Irish music on um, on on Fordham's radio station. I don't remember the call that is heard right this second. And whether I realize it or not, that really became part of me and a part of who I am. Um, just listening to that there. Um, also, my father was interesting when he came to music in that I would not have known he was a music fan. I don't think I ever in my life heard him listening to music. Um, and until I was in my teens and I was playing trumpet in a, a playing trumpet in a, in a stage band that I realized that he is a fan of swing and jazz, and only because he at that point started to share with me records from his youth. But in the entire time growing up and until the day he died, I don't ever remember him sitting down listening to music. If we were in a car listening to the radio, he'd have talk radio on or a sports or a sports event on. I remember him actually listening to music, but obviously when he pulled out the collection of vinyl from his youth, he was a fan. Um, so I... so. That so so my love of that comes from him. My love of Irish music and by extension folk music, which if you think about it, is an extension of Irish music in some respects, comes from my mother. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, though, or if I'm just babbling at this point. You know what? It's really all about who you are, and I think that it's it's amazing. I I really acknowledge you for just taking some thought about it as you were growing up, like. Like like now we're now as an adult like what like what are your musical interests like how do you listen to music um do, what efforts do you make to have music in your life or not um that's an interesting question too um so I'm a I'm a coder by trade so I, often I have music on as in background as noise um and in that and, and in that oftentimes it leans towards jazz or classical, mostly because it doesn't have a vocal track to distract you, so to speak. Um, I, I don't know if that sounds odd or not, but for my mind, at least, if I don't, if I have music without vocals, I can focus in on whatever I'm trying to accomplish. Once there are vocals involved, I become involved in a diff- I relate a different way to the music, and I lose my ability to concentrate whatever I'm working on. Um, in addition to that. Um, if I'm just listening to music, walking around the city, doing whatever, oftentimes it, 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 it flows towards 70s rock or at times, um, as I mentioned earlier, folk. Um, and the way I fell into 70s rock, because I'm a little young to be a 70s rock fan. Um, I was only born in 69. But when I was younger, about 10 years old, I was in a drum bugle for it. That's how I started playing the horn. And at that point, I was hanging around with kids who were five, six, seven years older than I was. So where most people would develop their the, the stamp for their musical tastes in high school, I developed it earlier because I was trying to be cool with these kids. So by the time it was the mid-'80s and I was in high school, I already had this 70s rock imprint on me, and I was listening to you know Floyd and The Who and Zeppelin, et cetera, et cetera. And I really did not pick up that taste for 80s alternative type music solely because this is where my imprint was. And I think for many respects, once you get that imprint, that's what you listen to. 
I really have this vision in 50 years of people in in um, people in rocking chairs, 90 years old, listening to Jethro Tull. It just it just how I envisioned the future to be. Um, I I don't know. I I know somebody tried to talk to me there, and I don't know what he said because I'm only hearing one way. Wow. Sometimes I think about that, too, about the music that I listen to today or the music I listen to growing up. It's like, is this stuff I'm going to still like when I'm, like, in my 70s and my 80s and my 90s if I'm lucky enough to live to that point? But that's definitely a valid point, a valid vision. I mean, once music's created, it's there. Sometimes it might fall out of style collectively or individually, yet... Yeah, it's still there. Like, like in, like in, I, like in the early '90s, there was just like all these gimmicky, like um, hip hop and rap units. I mean, like, like Jay's Buddy, MC Hammer, and like Vanilla Ice, and just like all these things. And it's like mm-hmm. funny where it's like it, it becomes like a novelty item. Like as you're, like for myself, being in my '30s, that it's funny, like. Like, I was mentioning to a guest on the show a few weeks ago, like, every time it snows, I think it, it always brings me back to this Canadian rapper named Snow and his one-hit wonder informer. That's, like, everyone, like, has, like, music that's just attached to a generation, even if it's not, like, the thing that they love or it's, like, their favorite band or favorite artist. I, I, I was going to say, um, you play a brand instrument. Shauna, is that what you play? Excuse me? You play, like you, you said you were a drum and bugle chord growing up, and um, I, I think, and I know, yeah, Jay, go on. Yeah, is that, I was wondering why you picked that instrument and you didn't pick, you said like, you didn't pick like a fiddle or a hand drum or some bagpipes or, you know, okay, well, like the, the first instrument I played was piano. Um, okay. And my father was a member of the Knights of Columbus. And then the Knights of Columbus had a drum corps attached to it called the Commodores. Now, you can't carry a piano on your back well, in a parade, so it sort of limited my choices to, um, to, to bugles or drums, and, bugle, and so I picked up the bugle from there. And then eventually, once you pick up the bugle, it's easy to pick up a, it's easy to pick up a trumpet. It's you know, a slightly different playing and a slightly different style, but it's, it's a lot of the same skill set. So when I moved from playing in a court, being in high school and being in bands, and wound up moving the trumpet that way. Um, okay. But it all began with the piano. Okay. But you, you didn't pick up any I- Irish instruments. I was wondering. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, <laughs> but you could have picked up the I couldn't tell you why. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you why. Um, I don't know. If, I, I mean, piano was because, there were piano lessons being given at my school, and I sort of enjoyed it. Fuel was because of that. I, I think it was all just a series of um, things being thrown at me. I'm not sure I actually actually physically made a choice to ever play an instrument. I just wound up doing it a lot. Okay. So, well, who are some of your um, influences? Who, <laughs> who are some of your influences? Like, give me some trumpet. Trump um, from a trumpet from a trumpet perspective, um, Chuck Manjone. Would be a large would have been a large um, um, influence. Some Miles Davis. Um, I, I really enjoyed, you know. I, I be, be, and part of this is because I was doing stage band, and part of this is because it's something I wound up eventually listening to with my father. I really got into in, into jazz, so I really liked, you know, Dorsey and Glenn Miller and and that and that and that mold of music when it came wow. to it. And a lot of that was probably influenced on my playing. Um, but that's, you know, but that, that's that's probably like my junior or senior year of high school. That's later in, that's considerably later in my musical development, as it were, that I even found out what my father listened to or became interested in it. And it was more because I was playing this instrument in a stage band that my father felt that he should share it with me. Okay. I don't, and I, I'm standing here thinking about this. I don't know if he ever would have, Shared that if I was, if there wasn't that connection, because he was rather private about it. Okay. Interesting. Did, did, he, help, <laughs> did, did he help you along in your music uh, a lot? I, maybe. I mean, you know, I was I, I I was good enough to play in a high school band. I was never good enough to do it professionally. 
you know. Okay. Um, okay. Just I, I don't have the talent or the chops or whatever. Um, but I, I think it, I think it helped expand expand the realm for me. If that makes some sense, um, it, it helped me sh- it helped show me what was beyond what I was doing at that moment. So I guess yeah, I would have. So, so, are there any any people that you were in school with that went on and stayed with music as a profession? Is there like any of your friends that were in your band class um, that you participated with that, that are still doing music to this day? Um, my, well, actually, sort of my high school band teacher um, is a professional musician. He does gigs at a number of restaurants on Long Island and such. Um, and there were a couple other folks that didn't make. They, they became at least semi-professional musicians. They didn't get to a point that they're um, that, that 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 you're looking at the clash or they've got a big name behind them. But they're playing gigs locally on Long Island or in the city in smaller groups. Yes. Okay. Um, but the, uh, was music was it very influential in your. Did it help you in your personality today? Is it something you think you needed to do? Did it help you out? Or you think, well, why did I do that for? It was a waste of time. What would be your... I know. Uh, I, I, it, I would say it helped me out. I'd say um, my... I think the important things that you learn in a band, and I, I hate to reference current television, but this is the lesson of glee, is that it's cool not to be cool. Um, and I think that's I think that's a lesson you learn. And I hate to draw my life and connect it to Leah Michelle, but certainly that is the lesson of life that you get in those glee clubs and bands and, and those music groups that you're going through in high school. And I think that's part of my, that's part of the per, of my personality. The fact that I'm an unabashed geek ties to the fact that I learned at an early age it's okay to be outside the social norms that way. Okay. You know, that's cool that you brought that up. We, we've never talked about that. So, so so it's okay to be in a group, a band in school, because it, teach, it teaches you how to get along with people. And now that we have music, they're taking music out of schools and stuff, it kind of takes that social thing away, which we need that. People need to know how to work together as a band, uh, as a group, or as a team, and we really need that in the schools now, but yet they're taking it out of the schools. It's not just the music, it's the social impact of it, which we never discussed with of the course. children and the kids. The kids need that, right, Sean? Of, of course. Well, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if the only thing you fund for your students is sports activities, basically the only people who are going to socialize are the people who are athletic. Um, so music or a science club or anything else, those things are important to do generate Though to generate the ability to work as a team, to work as a group, just to be able to socialize amongst your peers, right. um, to give people an excuse to get together every day at two o'clock in the afternoon after school, or whatever is appropriate. Right, right. You need to you need to feed the village, and that's important. And uh, exactly. Right. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Ian. That's a great topic there. Uh, uh, the music has done a lot of that for me too. I have a lot of friends that have went on and done great things, but and even if they haven't, the fact that you have friends now that are still playing and still playing music to this day is just as good because they kept they, they you know music is like a time machine, so you remember all that. And, uh, exactly. That. So, um, are you still playing the trumpet now, or you kind of like put the trumpet down for a minute? I put it down it every now and then. <laughs> Every now and then I'll pick up Garage Band on, on excuse me, Garage Band on the Mac, and I'll start playing around and tinkering on the keyboards there. But nothing serious and nothing worth showing to the outside world. Um, but, you know, it's fun. What could you share before we go here? What could you share with our listening audience? Uh, what parents should, should share with their children and how important it is. What's your last parting words on? Uh, on that topic, as far as parents, kids, and how they should share music together. You know, that's that's a tough one for me because, like I mentioned during the podcast, really, you know, 
it wasn't shared with me. When it came to my mother, it was what she listened to while she was working. It wasn't that we sat down and listened to music together. And when it came to my father, it, it, it came about much later and less because there was already a pre-existing thing. Um, so that's, that's a tough question for me to answer because I'm not sure it happened to me organically like it does. And I'm not sure that happens as much as it used to because of the other forms of media running around. People were more likely to sit around and discuss whatever television's on or whatever movie they saw than whatever music they listened to. Um, and I think that a lot of the social relevance of some of the songs of our youth isn't as relevant today. Right, right. Um, I, you know, I'm, you know, you know, again, that the, the, the folk aspect of my music, or even even the Irish music that that I listen to. I mean, you know, you know, it, you know, the, 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 the troubles and are aren't as major an issue as they were back in the seventies or earlier bit than that. Um, you know, so really, there's less of a connection even to that in Irish music. Okay. Um, well, so I, so I don't know how to answer the question. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Well, well, it's just great having you on our show. Yes, thank you. It was, it was great for inviting me. Thank you, guys. Um, okay, I'm going to run off on evening. Thank you very much. All right, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, for the, forward to the coffee. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Sean. Thanks, Sean. No problem. All right, you have an excellent day. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, Sean was in a German Bugle Corps called the Commodores. And speaking of the Commodores, here is our next guest. Hello, Skyler, are you here? Oh, how's it going, brother? Excellent. <laughs> this is Ian and and you know Jay. Hey, nice meeting you. How are you? <laughs> well, Ian got some great questions for you. Ian, I want you to pop in one of them great uh, PKM questions. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so tell us about your musical background, and really like how the music that you listen to and who introduced you to your music as a child has led you into become the adult that you are today. Well, that was actually easy one. That my my mom was a uh, my mom, my grandmother, aunt were all gospel vocalists, so I was like born into the music, and uh, my uncles were promoters and managers at that time uh and my aunt was a uh, a major uh, vehicle bringing talent to San Francisco back in the early 40s uh Bob Hope and and uh Sammy Davis Jr and all the all the rat rat pack that came through San Francisco at the Presidio to perform and my aunt was that, at that time the facilitator for that um it's a it's a wonderful world for any kid to uh, indulge themselves in music. Music is not only educational, but it's healing. And uh, we need to teach our kids more about music. Music is the number one language, in my opinion, in the world. I've I've been to several several countries, and there's not a place that don't have music. Uh, I love the fact that I have friends all over the world. And some of my friends, we can't even speak the same language, but pick a song that we know, and and, and we're going to play that song exactly like you heard it. And it's coming from two different worlds, but but yet we can't speak the, the same uh, language. We're, we're speaking the same language through music. And so uh, I, I encourage every child out there to indulge in music. Um I want to start something. is a is a new program for kids after school because uh, I believe after school that time is for a child, and and that release is wonderful because they they finally it's it's almost like getting out of jail. <laughs> I mean, what I mean by that is uh, you know school is boring and we all know that and kids go there and you you'll see the kids that love. Uh, when they love music and they're, and they're going to school for music, they wind up going to the other classes just to get to that class of music. Same way with, 
with athletes. I mean, you you'll find these kids going to play uh, basketball, and and they know they got to go. They don't want to go to school, but they got in order to get there, they have to go through the school process. So there are certain things that we need to look at for children, which I have six grandkids and four four kids. I pretty much know that one. Uh, and I, I know that we you have to tap into what they love to do. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a program I, I like for all your listeners to uh, check out on the web. It's called Right to Succeed. It's a friend of mine, Ted Fujimoto. He came up with this, uh, this school and this, and this foundation. His kids are, are graduating at 97%. It's, it's remarkable because here in Napa, it's, you know, it's <laughs> mostly white. And that's where he started this 12 years ago. And what happened was now he's taking it right into the ghetto in L.A., and those kids are graduating at the same rate. We should praise people like that, coming up with these techniques. And what he told me was he, he, he gives kids projects. Find out what, you, what what they like to do and give them a project. You know what I mean? So Scott, and, and, huh? I'm sorry? Stella, I want, I want to hear about a little more about, you know, you – what you what you did like? How did you keep focused as a kid in high school and not, you know, in your music career? Because you you tend you tend to stay a musician throughout your whole career. You never changed, and you're mm-hmm. still a musician to this day. So how did how did you keep that focus? I I fell in love with it, and that's you know as a musician you need to fall in love with your craft, and it's not going to happen for you until you do that. You have to fall in love with it. You have to go. You know what? Okay, I'm safe here. I, 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 this is what I want to do. Okay, well, I'm now I'm ready to receive. And when you open yourself up like that, it's like you have to open yourself up to to being ready to receive. You got to say that to yourself. Okay, I'm ready to receive. And 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 when you do that, you 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 take away all the the barriers and obstacles that people are trying to put up in front of you. You know what I mean? And and it's not listening to somebody else; it's listening to yourself. And that's what I I just listen to myself. I love music so much, and I love the people involved in it. And and all my friends. I mean, God, this is all I want to do. It's it's like I said, I have some amazing friends around the world playing music. And you know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing. And so, but my career but started out. I'm sorry. But in your case, it's kind of remarkable because. You're a singer, and that's like the hardest thing to do. You know, you know what I'm saying. Everybody else is playing instruments, and you have your voice as an instrument, but you remain true. So it's kind of remarkable. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard thing to do when you're singing because everybody has a voice, but somehow yeah. you 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 kind of bloomed and flourished through all that, and with all the peer pressure. And I'm I'm just curious, you know, how did you do that with all the peer pressure and not giving up on yourself? You know, I just it's amazing. It, well, you know what you do, man, is you have to find. I, I believe this. Like you said, every human being has our signature is our voice. I mean, tomorrow I can go to London and call you, and you would know I'm in London, but I'm 6,000 miles away from you. And so the beautiful thing is, is I know the tone of your voice. You can go to another country. I don't know where you're at right now. And, and, and when I, hey, Jay, you see what I'm saying? So, so it's our vocal tone, and that's what—that's my main thing. I'm, I'm out trying to teach kids to, to really hone in on not only only who you are and what you stand for and what you represent, but your own vocal tone. Because here's the thing: all these—just think about it—all the, the 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 vocalists out there that studied somebody else became a top forty singer, which I did for many, many, many years. And and what I found out was. I was always trying to be. When you do a playing top forty, you you're acting as an actor. You know what I mean? You're copying somebody else's sound for that for that five minutes, whatever the song is. And so, but when do you get to you? When when do you get to your sound? And the longer you do uh, uh, play, playing bands and look, looking at somebody the back of somebody else's head, you're never going to get there. You'll always be an instrument of, of just work. You know, you secu- that's called security. For musicians out there doing uh, um, music like that every night, they're they're just going for the security. You know, so a little piece of peanuts here, a little piece of peanut. Forget that. 
at some point you have to get to yourself and go, who am I, and what do I sound like, and how do I mark, and how do I market that? You know what I'm saying? So, so, and and it, it's taken me many, many years. I mean, I've been in this business. I'll be 45 years, and so the trippy thing for me to is right now in my life is starting to happen for me simply because I'm doing something totally different. I mean, there's a lot of people doing it, but it's not a really a, a huge market for it. I do socially conscious music, and simply because I think lyrics yeah. uh, tend to if, if you if you become a singer, a person that 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 can sing notes, well then, what is your message? Who do you stand for? What do you represent? And and you have to get to that at some point. So, in order for somebody to really uh, uh, hone in on your sound and and you being this artist, they have to you have to create that. And if you're studying somebody else all the time, it's going to take you longer to get to that premise. You see what I'm saying? How do you how do you how do you um, interact with your kids? We got we have like four minutes left here. I want to know how do you interact with your kids with with the music stuff, music side of you. Yeah, well, two of my kids are talented, but they. But their roads is taking them somewhere else. Like I, you know, I, 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 I've always been like a not a father brother to my kids because my my wife died uh, when they were six and four. So um, that that right there, I mean, I I had to be not only a father but a brother to them. So and I I feel that you, you, we have to listen to our kids. They they really want us to listen to them, and they're growing. And they want to let you know they're growing, and they've learned from you. If you, if you ever notice, a lot of times when they get older, they don't really listen to you anymore, but they'll listen to your friends saying the same thing you did. So <laughs> that's what's going to happen with you with kids. But but my kids love music. They just don't mm-hmm. go out and perform it enough. I, I'm, I'm trying to get them uh, motivated to do that. It, it took a long time for me to get them to start writing, get their feelings out. And mm-hmm. stop studying other other people. But now they're starting to do that, and, and it is a beautiful feeling when my kids call me up and say, "Hey, Dad, check this tune. Check this tune out. Check this out." That is a wonderful feeling to to hear that. You know what I mean? As a father, uh, because yeah. I know now they they, they uh, you know all I did was try to prop them up, so but they have to grow their own wings, and they they're starting to do that. It's wonderful. Um, Scott, we are short for time here, but. Um got 15 seconds and want you to talk about your song that you uh, wrote for all the kids and for Al Gore and about the environment for about five, six seconds, and then we're going to cut you loose here. Al Gore. Tell us a little bit about that song that you uh, wrote for the children of the world and the whole world, actually, about Al Gore. Okay. Um, It's a song. I was was watching. um, I came in from the studio, and I saw that Al Gore was going to – there was a chance he was going to win his Nobel Peace Prize. In a couple hours, well, that intrigued me so much until I couldn't go to sleep. And so, and I looked at it and I saw, I started thinking, wow, here it is, Al Gore is about to win his Nobel Peace Prize. And that idiot we had before was just going to pick fights in other people's countries. And I said, look at that. The last eight, that, that last eight, eight years, we always started wars in people's country, and Al Gore is over here trying to figure out a way for us all to breathe a little better. <laughs> and I just thought it was a lost. <laughs> it was a lost, uh, you know, the perfect time. We lost the perfect time with the perfect person for that. Uh, and I've never, I had never written a, an official uh, a letter before. And I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna write him a song. Think green. And uh, and think I, green? I started think green. And I started think green. I started writing the lyrics and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then you know, you blessed me with your presence. Came by and. And next thing you know, that was our mission for a while to try to make that happen. And you know what? What's beautiful? What's, what's beautiful now? You go to current TV and type in Skylar Jet, and that song will come up. Um, it's wonderful. Excellent. We we've run out of time, Skylar. Thank you for joining us, and and have an excellent day. Thank you for sharing everything you've shared with us today. Right on. Right on. Stay blessed, guys. Talk to you soon. All Take right. You. Have an right. excellent day. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, Jay, what a great show, lots of great guests, and we'll be back next week on Friday at 3 p.m., and we might have a special announcement. So whatisyourtreasure.net, parents, kids, music. Jay, thank you so much once again. It's been a great day. Thanks very much.
All right. We'll see you next time. Parents, kids, music. <laughs>